you can't control what happens to you, but you can control the story that you tell about it. There are a million, if not 10 million other consultants, design leaders, SVPs of marketing. How are you going to compete? How do you distinguish yourself? They all have the same credentials, all the different accomplishments, but what they don't have, what people can't copy is your unique story. And so there's this microcosm of the more you understand that story is everything, starting with your own personal story. That is your source of power. And how do you unlock that power? And then once you learn how to think like a storyteller, you can apply that to every aspect of your business responsibilities, how you get executive buy-in, how you turn data into a story, sell the future or lead change, motivate and inspire others, so on and so on. All the things that are critical to your own success and being able to move forward and have an impact. The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point, by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half, the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. Welcome back to Career Blast in a Half. And I think this is almost my happiest day of the year. The guest that I have on today is not only a master storyteller, he's also a chocolate fanatic. He is also colorblind and left-handed. And that's just a small part of his story. I'll tell you, we are with Michael Margolis. He is the author of Story 10X. And let me tell you, I think it should be called Story a thousand X because what has happened by virtue of me finding Michael and then reading his book a couple times and then taking a lot of this and repurposing it for our clients has changed their game. Like it's such an exponential level that they're still pinching themselves and the session's been over for days. So Michael Margolis, thank you so much for, for just being you and for helping us tell better stories. And can you also fill in some of the blanks that I may have missed about how you got started in Storied, who you've worked with and for, and what your ultimate mission is behind your story? Thank you, Lauren. It's We're going to have a lot of fun today and, and grateful to for us to be able to connect and to connect with your community. So Storied, is a narrative transformation company, big words, but actually a really simple purpose, which is turning tech leaders into master storytellers. We do this today with courses, with coaching and community. For decades, I've been working uh, deep inside the world of tech, inside the most influential companies you can think of, Google, Facebook, Uber, Microsoft, Shopify, and helping those executives build the narratives that drive decision-making on their biggest strategic initiatives, 
on their go-to-market, on key products, on internal business transformations, change, and so on. And uh, part of my passion in, in your question about what's this really all towards is, you know, I, I operate from the place that story is everything. Right? There's a famous quote, the, the, the universe is not made of atoms, the universe is made of stories. And whatever problem you face in your career, whatever problem you face in your organization, you can actually solve it by looking at it as a storytelling problem. Mm. So much of everything we're dealing with today is about communicating your value, is about differentiation, is about helping to contextualize or explain change, getting buy-in or agreement or investment from other people. It's people skills, power skills, persuasion skills. And these things have never mattered more than ever in this new age of AI disruption and the forces that are at play that's putting a lot of very accomplished senior leaders and mid-career professionals in the messy middle. And so that's a lot of what we're focusing on right now is, is providing everybody those tools so that you can get unstuck and actually take charge of your story amidst all the presenting constraints. I'll pause there. We could, there's a thousand, a thousand uh, rabbit holes we could then go into. For okay. That. We're going to, we're yeah. going to hit some of the rabbit holes, yeah. but I also am going to frame this with you as part of breaking down some of the reasons why you said what you just said, which is yes. now more than ever. Story yeah. matters now more than ever. Why? Why? I know you said AI. Okay. Like we get that, right? Sure. Like, like it can be a tool and a threat, right? Like it can be bad and good. We're not here to necessarily kick the bucket down the AI trail, but we are yeah. here to say there are other things that not only are in your control, but are far more effective yes. than, than that. And what I want you to share is why. Yeah. So let's take it from the top. I'm a real first principles type of person and very philosophical with looking at the role of story in our lives. So let's, let's start with you as an individual. You can't control what happens to you but you can control the story that you tell about it. So the number one determinant of success is the story that you're telling yourself. And the importance of understanding that at a time when we are dealing with not just change, but exponential rate of change. It means we don't know who to trust and what to believe. We don't know which way is up, down, left, or right. We are looking for clarion voices that can actually cut through the noise to help us to orient, to understand where we are and where we're going. And you have to be able to apply that to yourself in order to then also be able to provide that value to others. Um, the, in terms of really bringing back to your question of like, why does this matter more than ever? So. With the disruptive forces that are at play right now, knowledge is dead and wisdom is queen. Let me put it to you another way. 
there are a million, if not 10 million other consultants. There are a million, if not 10 million design leaders out there. There's a million, if not 10 million SVPs of marketing. How are you going to compete? How do you distinguish yourself amidst all of that noise? They all have the same credentials. They all have all the different accomplishments. But what, what, what they don't have, what people can't copy is your unique story. And so there's this microcosm of the more you understand that story is everything, starting with your own personal story, that is your source of power. And how do you unlock that power? And then once you learn how to think like a storyteller, you can apply that to every aspect of your business responsibilities, how you get executive buy-in, how you turn data into a story, how you sell the future or lead change, how you motivate and inspire others, so on and so on. All the things that are critical to your own success and being able to move forward and have an impact. So I want to put a pin in this for one second. Okay. Would you please do us a solid yeah. and share the difference between story and narrative? Oh, yeah. Because unless, you, unless I was familiar with you, I would just think that they were one and the same. Totally. So let me say caveat-wise, in reality, we use them interchangeably all the time. And to keep things simple, it's okay. Like, hey, you got to get your story straight. Or what's our story? No problem. But the moment you click down, and if you want to get into the underlying ontology and the metaphysics of power and persuasion, and being able to actually unlock how people are going to perceive, connect, and relate to your message, you have to understand this distinction. So a story is an event. A story is an anecdote. A story is about something that happened. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And by the way, that story can also be about the future, Mm -hmm. but it's a linear progression. It's a causality sequence. Mm. Whereas a narrative is a more abstract concept. A narrative lives outside of time and space. It doesn't necessarily have a clear beginning or an end. A narrative is an open loop. Whereas a story is a closed loop. Let me start to connect the dots on this. So think of the narrative as a Christmas tree. Stories are the ornaments that go on the Christmas tree. So you need both. Now let me give you an example. The American dream. So the American dream is a narrative. Why is it a narrative? Because it's an abstract concept. And within that abstract concept are a series of different ideas. So what's the, what are some of the ideas or ideals that come to mind for you, Lauren, around the American dream? Oh my goodness. You know, chart your own destiny. Um, you know, uh, you know, have a, have a house, the white picket fence, yeah. um, you know, have a family, um, be able to, you know, two cars in the garage, all exactly. those kind of cliches right? or hallmarks that say, yeah, like that's what it is. <laughs> so part of the American dream are certain accomplishments mm-hmm. or achievements, which you've just named. Part of the American dream is also the ideas of the land of opportunity. 
or the idea that it doesn't matter where you come from or what family you were born into, that you can come to America and create a better future for yourself and your family. Right. This is a place of reinvention. It's a place of risk taking, so on and so on. So the American dream, abstract concept. It has a whole bunch of different ideas attached to it. It is the drivetrain of our of America. And by the way, the American dream also plays out all around the world. Mm -hmm. So if you're not American, you also have a relationship with the American dream. It may be something aspirational. And you may also have the competing storylines or narratives of, oh, American dream. That's, you know, the story of empire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can have a counter counter narrative. That's fine. So anyways, American dream, land of opportunity, stories. Well, my American dream story is connected to my father, Jeff, who's a first generation immigrant born and raised in the bush of Africa. He was born and raised 30 miles from the border with Mozambique and what is what was Rhodesia or Zimbabwe today, came to the States on a Fulbright scholarship in the early 60s. Mm. Right. And from there, he created a new a new life for himself. My father, and he naturalized as a US citizen. So when the national anthem comes on, my father still cries. He's more patriotic and has a closer relationship to what does it mean to be an American than my mother, who was born and raised in upstate New York. So that's right. my American dream story. That's part of the American dream as a narrative. And of course, many we all have many American dream stories. I could tell you about the American dream stories from my mom's side of the family or in multiple different lineage. So again, narrative is the Christmas tree. Stories are the ornaments that go on the Christmas tree. And what people overlook, so 95% of most storytelling books, storytelling trainings, all the things that people teach around how to use storytelling in business, everybody focuses on stories, 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 social media, stories. We are swimming, if not drowning in an infinite sea of stories. And what we desperately want and need are unifying shared narratives. If you mm. learn how to program and communicate at the narrative level, that is the ultimate boss move. That is mm. where the power is. And it's available Ooh. to all of us. Okay. N now you got me begging. Yeah. Or not, not begging, but just like yeah, yeah. more, 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 more. Right? What is an executive narrative that would be the utopia of, of where we might all aspire to go? So is a qu great question. Is your question in the context of in-career transition to get the next job? Or is sure. it once you are in an executive role and you have to go meet with the executive board and, and basically pitch them Let's on? Let's start with next? transition. Let's start Fair with enough. transition because everyone's there. <laughs> right. That's, this, is, this is your <laughs> audience and community. So... Permission to can we can we take the the roundabout way there? Go for it. Okay, because no story is a straight line. So here's here's the first thing that I, I want to start with. If we're going to talk about being in career transition as an executive, and frankly, it's the advice I give to anyone at any stage of career. My number one career advice: learn the language of the world you want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Language equals power. When you speak that language, you have a seat at the table. 
When you speak that language, you signal that you belong. You signal that you are an insider, not an outsider. And the process of interviewing and ultimately being selected for a job, that courtship process is around language and identity. Oh my gosh, yes, you understand our world. Oh, you understand this industry. Oh, you're fluent in these different languages. And when I say languages, I don't mean that you speak French and Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. I mean languages as in every every craft, every functional discipline and area of specialty is its own language. Mm-hmm. So in the world of design, design leadership is a language that's different than interaction design as a sub sub dialect and language that's different than experience design as its own language system and so on and so on. Everything is language. And so part of this is being able to speak the language of the executive boardroom. And then part of this is being able to speak the language of your functional discipline or the path you've been on, whether you've been a marketer, a data scientist, a product manager, and so on. And then part of this is how many other dialects do you speak that are cross-functional collaboration? If you're a data scientist, the fact that you also speak engineering and marketing, or if you're a design leader that you also speak the language of HR, people management, and you speak the language of finance, so on and so on. So that's the first thing. You've got to start with language. Yes. Okay. I want you to start with language. How come so much of that language, people think that it's antiquated? So when you when you are saying you got to speak the language, you're like, duh, Michael, I am speaking the language. I'm a proven executive. I have, I, 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 I know all the jargon for my industry. I, I know it. So how do you torture test this for yourself and go, yes, am I talking to myself? <laughs> Great question. So here's, here's the acid test. Hmm. There's a few of them. So number one, it's what we call the 90% test. And I describe it in the book, which is how do you get 90% of the room on your side in the first five minutes Mm -hmm. of any presentation? Mm -hmm. And here's the shortcut answer to it. The way you get 90% of the room on your side in the first five minutes is you have to tell a love story about the future. Ooh, now when, and, and here's here's what's counterintuitive about that, which is we've all been taught to lead with problem solution, which is fine if you're dealing with a really clear, logical, linear, well-defined problem. I break my arm. Nobody's going to argue. Let's take you to the ER. Let's get it x-rayed. We're going to put it into a cast. Really clear problem, solution. We're done. Most of the time, though, as an executive and or if you're looking at a new role that you're coming into, what your job to ultimately solve for are ambiguous problem spaces. They are things that do not have shared problem definition. And third, your audience is often complicit, if not responsible for the problem. Mm -hmm. So if you start with the problem, you actually are starting from the place unconsciously. What you're saying to your audience is, don't take this the wrong way, but you know that you are wrong, bad, and stupid. But don't worry. I've showed up. I have the answer for you. 
I'm your new hero. Well, what you also shared with me in yeah. one of the workshops that I went to, which literally is sticking in my brain like bubble gum on, on my cerebral yeah. cortex, is you cannot inspire and judge at the same time. Yeah. You so, can't judge and influence at the same influence. time. That's exactly right. Yep. Yes. And and so th this is critical to understand, especially in our attention economy, what we've been through over the last few years, going through COVID pandemic, going through this current economic times. Most people's nervous systems are in a state of hypervigilance. Mm -hmm. I know about you. I've struggled with this. You probably have too. I'm sure most of your clients have too, like burnout, change fatigue, morale, because it's just, we're fried. We've been in cortisol, fight, flight, freeze, and we're seeking dopamine, which is the reward center. But what we also really need is oxytocin, the belonging molecule. Mm -hmm. And those are those three biochemical hormones is actually the the biochemical mechanism of what happens when you take in a story. So cortisol fight, flight, freeze, threat evaluation, mm -hmm. us versus them, friend versus foe. And this is the default state most executives and most leaders are in. And then there's dopamine, which is reward center. What's this going to do for me? Instant gratification. Hey, this needs to ring my bell. And then oxytocin. Oh, we're, we're more similar than different. Oh, we get each other trust, rapport, connection, and we're desperately lacking that. And, and so there's, you have to learn how to work these dials, but back. So if we, if we understand that this is what's going on, this is the environment that you're communicating into, instead of leading with what's wrong, actually lead with what's right. Tell a love story about the future. What are the possibilities and the opportunities that you see for the brand, for the company, for that role. And then talk about what are some of the things that might stand in the way, the obstacles that stand in the way of that possibility. Mm -hmm. And what you do there is you're reversing or reframing the polarity. Instead of minus plus, which is problem solution, you go plus minus. You start with possibility, opportunity, promise, and potential. And if you sell that really well, people go, oh yeah, I, I see that. Oh, that captures my imagination. Ooh, I'm emotionally invested. I care about that. Okay, now, oh, wow. Yeah, now I want to, I'm motivated. Let's talk about what stands in the way in order to realize that. But most of us have not, we don't organize our business case or the way that we communicate about our role and value or about the vision or strategy in a way that's a love story about the future. 95% of the time, everybody's obsessed with what's wrong, what's broken, what needs to be fixed. And I get it. That's what ultimately that's part of the outcome of what you ultimately need to solve for, but it's actually very ineffective for persuading in this communication environment. I'm so glad that you're talking about this also because you and I share a, a, a combined distaste for things like resumes. And I, I won't speak for you, but I'm not a fan of job descriptions. Mm. And part of the reason why the job description exists is because they have to. Yeah, But that doesn't mean that you necessarily, that that's not the full story. This is the end of episode one of storytelling is everything because it is. And I hope that you had your notepads nearby because what was happening in that episode was a story in and of itself and also best utilized for your story. So 
Join us next week for episode two, back again with Michael Margolis and lots of fun and lots of great stuff for you to apply, whether it's your career transition or certainly in the boardroom for your next career move or anywhere on your trajectory. So we'll see you then. Stay tuned for next week. Thanks again. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this. Use these tools, not tomorrow, right now, and share them by spreading the love. Leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, thank you for you.